the Baltimore Ravens get a preseason victory in Miami. We look forward to the final game of the preseason against the Washington Redskins and the upcoming roster decisions the Baltimore Ravens must face. I'm Christopher Linfont, and welcome to Nest Talk, the most elite Baltimore Ravens podcast on the internet. So, we don't have a whole lot of news um, this week, except except for one story that I'm going to cover pretty quickly, and then we'll move on to the analysis as we head into the final week of the preseason, a very crucial week for for a lot of players uh, and teams alike. Teams are trying to figure out who they want on their roster, and players are trying to um, ensure that they get spots on the roster to prepare for the uh, season, uh, especially undrafted rookies, uh, really trying hard to make rosters. And, of course, some around the league will, but a whole lot won't, and this will be the end of their career in the NFL. So a very crucial time uh, for a lot of players. But the first, first news story um, is about Kamalai Correa. Now, Kamalai Correa was drafted by the Ravens in 2016 in the third round of the draft. I'm sorry, second round of the draft. Um, Ozzie Newsom typically hits out of the park on most of his picks, but Kamalai Correa never really panned out for the Ravens. Uh, Correa was drafted as an outside linebacker, but um, the Ravens thought he would be able to switch to inside linebacker and play effectively in that capacity, but that never worked out for Correa. Um, honestly, I don't believe he possesses skill set to play a more coverage-oriented um, linebacker position. Uh, he came out of, not BYU, um, Boise State. But at Boise, um, he, he was more of a pass rusher than anything. Um, and, and it just was ne- he was never able to convert over to what the Ravens wanted him to do. Um, should the Ravens have drafted him if they wanted to convert him over? I don't know uh, if that was their intention heading into the situation there or whether or not they just got him and assumed that he would be able to pull that off. But he never really found a spot in Baltimore where he could really produce. He only played um, starters for four games in those two years and of course entering his third year now the Ravens didn't think that he had a future with the team long term especially with the um, insane depth they have at the outside linebacker position moving him back there um, it's really not going to end well for him Uh, he probably would have ended up losing the roster spot to to players like Tim Williams and Zadarius Smith uh, on those outside linebacker positions and they're just way more productive than Correa is but the Ravens end up getting a steal for this, a six-round pick. That's a pretty good deal for someone who is just going to be cut from by the organization in the first place. So you have to look at it in that perspective because obviously a six-round pick isn't extremely high of a pick, but if it's someone who they're just going to cut and get rid of, uh, the Titans obviously want to keep him. That six-round pick will go a long way for the Ravens. They could use that potentially to trade back up. Uh, they lost their second-round pick this year for the Lamar Jackson trade. Maybe they use that as trade bait to pick back up um, that second round pick eventually I don't know or maybe they'll pick somebody in that sixth round pick later on but the Titans give them that pick uh, for Kamala Correa okay moving on I want to talk about the Miami Dolphins preseason game that took place this past Saturday so if you did not see the game um, it wasn't really much to see in the first half the Ravens kind of sucked in the first half to be blunt um, they only had one scoring drive in the entire first half and that's when Robert Griffin III led them down um, right, it looked like it was going to be a, a touchdown on the drive because it got really close to the goal line, like very close to the goal line, but they could not punch it in. They ended up having to kick a field goal. They trailed going into the um, going into the half ten to three. They ended up coming out in the second half. Lamar Jackson does pretty well. Um, they went at twenty seven to ten. So 
to be precise on why the Ravens could not pull out in the first half stronger than they did in the past few games, um, specifically was the starting offense um, was absent from the field. Now, um, the Ravens have played a tremendous amount of games. That was their fourth uh, preseason game, only the third week of the preseason. Of course, they have the Hall of Fame game. Then you have the two joint practices, and the field was very soggy and wet. It was raining for most of the day in Miami on Saturday. The Ravens did not want to um, take the chance of injuring any of their star players, key players, anybody who's going to make a huge impact. We know of heading into the season because there are some players who we don't know, you know, yet. There's always going to be those variable guys, those guys that you aren't watching for. They they come in and make um, make more plays than you expect. But the expected starters, the expected key players this year, the stars of the team did not play just for safety precaution. And of course. They don't want to overwork them as well. So the Miami Dolphins did not take that approach. They played their starters for the entire first half. So what you saw was um, starting defense versus backup offense and backup defense versus starting offense. So I want to talk a little bit about the um, the offense first. Um, Robert Griffin III didn't look as well as he did in other preseason games. Um, I attribute that mainly to the entire whole of the offense um, was struggling tremendously in that first half against the Miami Dolphins. You saw the backup offensive line get completely manhandled by pass rushers like Cameron Wake and uh, Robert Quinn. Um, Robert Griffin III was was pressured practically every play. Um, you can't win football games in a situation like that, so when you have you know, that happening every play. Robert Griffin III just not going to be able to do a whole lot. Now, he did take off and run a few times, but, of course, you know, the passing is more important. Um, he didn't do completely terrible passing. Uh, it wasn't the worst thing in the entire world, but I do think that um, Robert Griffin III, RG3, could have had a better game. Um, he was throwing off his back foot a few times, throwing on the run a lot, um, so not, you know, ideal passing conditions. Um, but he, he did... Um, do fairly well. He did complete over 50% of his passes, so that is a, um, a good thing to see. He completed 9 for 15 for 66 yards, uh, no touchdown, no interception. Of course, they got close to the end zone, but could not punch it in at the last second there. Um, again, the offensive line was very, very shaky. I, actually, I wouldn't even call it shaky. I would just say it was, it was porous. It was very open. Um, they did not do much of anything in the first half. You saw players, like, I don't want to single anybody out, but Jermaine Illuminor, every single time I watched him on film, he kept getting beat over and over again. I, I don't understand what happened there. A second-year player should be better than his first year, but it seems he may have taken a step back. Um, as an offensive lineman, was not able to effectively um, hold off Robert Quinn or, or whoever else was rushing him. Robert Quinn did get through of him a few times, hit RG3 for a sack twice, but one of them was called back for... I think it was defensive holding or something like that, some sort of penalty there. But not a, not a great day for the offensive line. By the second half, when they, the Dolphins uh, pulled their starting defense, they put in their backup defense. Uh, Lamar Jackson got the opportunity to go against them. And I've been kind of critical on Lamar Jackson for this preseason, but I think his game against Miami really does show that he has a lot of potential and, and he really acted on it for the first time this entire offseason, which is fantastic to see. Um... If you didn't watch the game or don't follow us on Twitter, you probably don't know that we, we saw Lamar Jackson's performance um, so well. We thought it was so well uh, so well done that we, we gave him our Ravens player of the game award. Um, 
So that was a uh, fantastic performance by Lamar Jackson. He completed 70% of his passes. He threw 10 passes, uh, 98 yards, and a touchdown. And, of course, he ran the ball a few times, as Lamar Jackson will do. Uh, he gained 39 yards on the ground and a touchdown. His longest was 19 yards. He had two rushes for 19 yards. Now, I did say Robert Griffin took off a few times. I forgot to mention uh, he ran five times for 41 yards. So um, the quarterback running... Uh, did give the Ravens about 80 yards in eight attempts, so an average of 10. So, you know, without Joe Flacco in there, but very good running by the two mobile quarterbacks, the two former Heisman Trophy winners. Um, but Lamar Jackson, he, he did very well. He was not taking um, many risks. He did a lot of short passes, but he hit him to receivers who were already in stride, able to to um, break away and, and make some make some yards out of it. So that was very encouraging to watch. He obviously has much more of a control of the offense than he did um, a few, uh, the first game, uh, the second game, or even last week. Um, he finally hit over 50%, way over 50%, 70% completion. Um, I was hoping he hit, hit above 55, maybe 60% this sometime this preseason, but he hit 70% here. Um, we're going to talk a little, little bit about expectations for next week and what needs to go down, but I do think um, without spoiling too much, that he does need to be consistent next week as well. Uh, moving into the running backs, we did talk about running quarterbacks for a little bit. Uh, DeLance Turner stole the show at, at running back. Um, of course, there is a question at the third running back position whether or not um, the Ravens do want to move on from Kenneth Dixon, who's been oft injured. Um, but DeLance Turner stole the show with a 65-yard touchdown run near the uh, beginning of the first uh, I'm sorry, the beginning of the second half, it was. Outstanding run. He he breaks through on a draw play and just takes it to the house down the field. Um, I, I haven't seen anything like that in the preseason so far. It was one of the best plays uh, of the Ravens preseason. And Turner, of course, a long shot to make the roster, but he is trying to at least, you know, push himself into a position where he may be able to uh, find a practice squad or another team that wants to pick him up. And that play certainly helped him out. Now... Another running back who I've kept my eyes on, a lot of Ravens fans have been keeping their eyes on, is Gus Edwards um, out of Rutgers, the undrafted rookie free agent running back. Um, Edwards, he had an okay day, another okay day. He started the preseason strong, but he's kind of quieted down a little bit. Of course, the Ravens do continually give him a lot of touches in the preseason. Um, he had 16 carries, uh, the second closest mark was five, and that's what Delance Turner and Robert Griffin III and Kenneth Dixon all got combined. So even if you combine, I'm sorry, not not all combined there. They all had five individually. But if you combine all of that, uh, you still get less than what Ke what Gus Edwards did. He ran it 16 times, got 38 yards. Um, not great, but respectable, especially with the offensive line that was in. A lot of the times he'd be wrapped up before he you know could even take a couple steps. Um, but he did get his his highlight of the of the night was the 10 yard rush. Uh, originally. A kind of a slanted run to the right, kind of on the outside, but he ends up cutting away from the right and moves left and makes a, like two people miss and eventually is brought down after 10 yards and a first down. Very, um, very nice play by Gus Edwards. Um, improvised and then made sure the Ravens could get some yards on that. So that was uh, overall a fantastic play by Gus Edwards. And I do think that he has a chance to make the roster, but I don't think he's necessarily going to at this point it's really difficult to tell without watching this last game against the Redskins I mean a whole lot could still happen in that game um, but the man he has to usurp the title from the, the the position from is Kenneth Dixon 
Um, Kenneth Dixon was drafted by the Ravens in 2016, just like Kamala Correa, who we already talked about. But um, Dixon has played more than Correa, substantially. He's, he's played 12 games in those two years. Of course, just 12 games in the span of what should be 24 games. Not good. Um, he started his rookie year um, out four weeks with an injury. Then he comes back, and his second year, he's out the entire year with an injury. Um, Kenneth Dixon, of course, injured himself. Well, I'm sorry, he had a suspension last year, too. That would have carried over, but the injury, uh, he wouldn't have been able to play anyway. Then, of course, you have the two uh, minor injuries this offseason, and he's back on the field now playing, getting in there, and, and making some plays. I mean, he did he did do well. Um, not well in the rushing game. He had five rushes for two yards, not good at all. But in the receiving game, where he really does shine, uh, he pulled down three catches for 18 yards, as long as was 16. That was a really nice run. He shook off four defenders, would-be tacklers, actually. So, um, very, very solid play by Kenneth Dixon uh, there. Now, Kenneth Dixon, to make the roster, just has to stay healthy and has to prove that he's better than Gus Edwards at this point. But I'm not really sure if he's going to, because the Ravens do value consistency. Really, above all else, they value consistency in the way their their front office, their coaching staff, the team is built. So if you have a guy who's inconsistently on the field, I don't know, and especially in a crucial year, will John Harbaugh take the risk of him getting injured in the year and then have to find somebody right off the waiver wires? I know it worked out last year with uh, Alex Collins joining very late in the game, but at the same time, you know, what can the Ravens really, um, what can they expect from uh, Kenneth Dixon. Can they expect him to be on the, the roster the entire year or not? And if, if they don't know what his long-term future would be with the team, especially with the injuries, and of course the suspension concerns, because he was suspended last year, I don't know how they can keep him on the team. Now, I'm not saying Gus Edwards is the best running back of all time. I, I don't know how great he really will be in the NFL, but I don't... I don't I, I'm not sure that, that, that Kenneth Dixon would be better. I think that Gus Edwards might be a slight upgrade over Kenneth Dixon. But we'll talk about that again later when we, we discuss the roster um, decisions coming up for the Ravens. Another bubble player uh, for the Ravens is, of course, Tim White. Now, Tim White looked very spectacular in last uh, year's preseason, um, and which should have earned him a roster spot, but he did, quote-unquote, break his thumb. Uh, not sure exactly if that was an IR stash. The Ravens did just stash uh, Julio Scott for a hamstring injury on the IR. He'll be out for the entire year, it looks like, but... Um, it's really more of a red shirt, a, a NFL red shirt version, than it is um, an injury. In, in my estimation, everybody was expecting him to be placed on the IR, just a session for the year, and that seems to be what occurred because no other team can get him um, based on the NFL rules this year. He does not hit the waiver wires um, since he is a um, four-year under player. He's, this is his first year, so he doesn't qualify to hit the waiver wires for being placed on the IR. Um, I guess the Ravens could potentially do that with someone like Tim White, but... We don't want to clog up the uh, injury reserve at all. But White, um, he looked very good last in last year's preseason. Uh, this year, not so great, especially in the, the return specialist department. Um, not as electric as last year at all. He looks okay as a receiver. I wouldn't call him great, but he looks okay. Um, he's got potential, but I don't know if the Ravens can use him this year. I think they're looking for a much more, um, you know, a, a much a much more dynamic returner, and that might be Janarian Grant. Now, Janarian Grant went to Rutgers. Um, I think five years he spent at Rutgers, uh, redshirted for a year for injury. He's been electric in the return game, but not as good 
in the uh, receiving game. Uh, White against the Miami Dolphins had three receptions for 70 yards. Grant just one for eight. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about them when we get to the roster decisions um, in a little while. But moving on to the defense, um, there were a lot of good players on the defense. Um, they held their own against the Miami starting offense, even when the starting defense was not in for the Ravens. But uh, very solid performance by them. They only held Miami to 10 points throughout the entire game, starters and backups. So I think they did fairly well overall. But we did really finally see someone kind of emerge from the from the Kenny Young versus Patrick Onwasar debate or battle or whatever you want to call it. So Patrick Onwasar, last year's um, second inside linebacker, the starter uh, next to C.J. Mosley, is battling rookie uh, fourth rounder Kenny Young from UCLA. For that position, um, Onwasar, not the greatest in coverage, was demonstrated against Miami. Um, he had a couple assignments, or one specifically, um, where he just completely failed. Um, I think it was Rashawn Scott or someone who, who went down the field. He completely burned him, 100% burned him, and had to be bailed out by the safety in that and uh, laid down the field. Uh, very, very bad play. Or maybe it was Kenyon Drake. It was one of those two. This happened a few days ago. I'm not really remembering it correctly, but... Um, he got burned deep and was had to be bailed out by the safety. was not a good play at all, but you see um, Kenny Young. He comes in in a few plays. Like, Kenyon Drake, there was a play where Kenyon Drake breaks out on the right side and tears through the Ravens' defense, gets, like, 30 yards just running on the ground. And of course, he gets that deep pass, too, that I believe was on Anwasar or it was Tavon Young or one of the two. Um, not a good sign there. Um, that they, Kenyon Drake could do that, but the very next play, they go right back to Kenyon Drake on the right side again, and Kenny Young bottles it up immediately. I mean, Kenny Drake took, took no chance. Kenny Young was good in coverage. He was good against the run. He was, uh, I would say, a lot better than Patrick Onwasar that game. Now, is this a one-game phenomenon? Um, it could be. Maybe Patrick Onwasar comes back the next game swinging and, and beats out Kenny Young uh, completely in that, in that uh, game. But I do think that Right now, uh, Kenny Young has a slight upper hand on Patrick Onwasar heading into the last preseason game, which is tomorrow. So we'll have to see how they play in that game and how they fare, of course, will we'll, um, make the, the Ravens roster decisions very precarious. Now, we are going to go over, I keep mentioning this over and over again, but we are going to go over Ravens roster decisions in a little while. Um, I will not be giving my official roster prediction until um, it's scheduled right now for Friday. Um, but we might push it back to Saturday, depending on uh, when I do want to get the Ravens um, game review out. So we'll have to see when that comes out, but it will be before any decisions are made public by the Ravens. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Anthony Averett has been a uh, stud this preseason. Um, the Ravens picked him late in the draft this year out of Alabama, another Alabama cornerback. Um, he joins Marlon Humphrey on the Ravens, who also played for Alabama. Anthony Averett over and over again has proved that he is a solid cornerback and he's going to make this team a lot better. Um, I didn't expect him to be that very good coming into the season, but now uh, looking at what he's done in the preseason, his whole resume there, I think he's a very good coverage cornerback and he's got a lot of ball skills. He can hit balls out of the air. He can grab them if he's got to. Uh, I don't think we've seen an interception from him, but just the way he can jump up in the air and, and hit balls out of the air, I think is enough to tell me that he eventually will get some picks. But uh, phenomenal plays by Anthony Averett. We haven't really seen him get abused in any sense uh, since the start of the preseason, so we're going to have to wait and see. Um, can he close out 
against the Redskins. Um, we'll have to wait and see about that. But I do think that the Ravens are very pleased uh, what they saw against Anthony Averett on Saturday night against the Miami Dolphins. Um, and then, of course, there's Stanley Jean-Baptiste. Uh, he's 28 years old. He's been in the NFL for a little while, but he's on the roster bubble. Uh, came in for you know, a one-year deal or whatever, whatever it was. Now, um, he may actually get a shot on the roster because of Jimmy Smith's suspension, and he had to play well um, in these past two games to make the Ravens uh, think that they could use him. And the past two games, he gets an interception. He got an interception against uh, the Colts and now against the Miami Dolphins uh, this past Saturday. It was a leaping interception. He was uh, the, the wide receiver was, was pretty in front of him. It looked like it was going to get caught, and then he just speeds up and grabs that ball out of the air. It was phenomenal. Um, Stanley Jean-Baptiste has impressed me this, this offseason, and I think that you know if the Ravens do want to keep an extra quarterback, this is the guy they should go with. I did mention a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was last week, that the Ravens had some uh, options um, regarding the cornerback situation. If they want to address Jimmy Smith's absence, they could go out and get Ladarius Webb or Brashad Breeland. But I do think uh, Stanley Jean-Baptiste might be the answer here. He's a cheap answer, too. You don't have to pay him a whole lot. You just keep him on his current contract. Um, Chuck Clark got an interception as well. Uh, Chuck Clark, the safety who I kind of ripped on last year, that I'm kind of sorry I did that because I was completely wrong. Chuck Clark uh, was mainly a special teams player last year. I didn't think much of him, but this preseason he's looked tremendously better. Um, he looks like he's, he's going to develop into a solid safety for the Ravens. And he was a seventh-round pick in 2018. 2017, so it's a low risk pick for the Ravens when they did when they did it uh, last year, and they kept him on the roster the seventh rounder, and now he looks like he he uh, he might get a bigger role this year, not just on special teams. We'll see him. Uh, I think we'll see him fairly frequently in the safety position as a rotational guy and someone who can maybe relieve Eric Weddle um, or even um, Tony Jefferson at that at the safety position at his strong safety position. Um, but he's got great ball skills, picked off um, one of the quarterbacks, which is either David Fales or Brock Osweiler. I do think it's Brock Osweiler. Um, they each threw one interception, so I don't remember exactly who threw what. But the point is, uh, very good interception by uh, Chuck Clark. He, he That was a jumper, too. It was a bad pass to begin with, but he comes over and he, he jumps up for it and grabs it and, and gets a little bit of return on it. So a uh, very good interception by Chuck Clark. To close out the defensive section um, in this preseason game recap uh, for the Ravens-Miami Dolphins game, I do want to touch on uh, Tim Williams, um, another player who had a lackluster season last year who looks like this preseason is, is going to really be a uh, stepping stone for him. Tim Williams has been on a lot of pressures. He's Darius Smith, even, have really been pressuring quarterbacks uh, tremendously. This is why I think that the Ravens, did want to trade away Kamalai Correa because they have a younger guy who's looks like he's better than Kamalai Correa right now, who they want to keep, and, and Correa was going to you know miss that roster spot with Tim Williams. I don't think they would have kept both for, for much longer. But Tim Williams uh, looks like he's going to get a bigger role this year. He's really impressed me this preseason. He's in on a lot of pressures, a lot of pressures, against starting offenses too, offensive lines. Um, Tannehill was not happy when he saw uh, Tim Williams running at him a few times. So... We'll have to see how he continues, but he did get a couple pressures, um, and I don't believe he got a sack, but he did get pressure, and it was very, very impressive by Tim Williams. Okay. Moving on to the preseason preview against the Washington Redskins. Um, as always, there's going to be, in this, these preseason previews, I've done five uh, keys to watch, players to watch, or storylines to watch. 
Um, this is the final preseason game of the the, the preseason. Um, and the Ravens, of course, will face off against the Redskins, just down I-95, not that far away. Um, it's crucial for a lot of a lot of players. Um, there's a lot of drama surrounding this, and um, a lot of guys are just looking to either make the Ravens roster or the practice squad, and a lot of them are just um, really trying to um, just impress other teams too because, you know, someone might say, hey, I like this guy from the Ravens, and they're going to go after him and try to sign him afterwards. Um, look, 53 players can only be signed and kept on the roster, and there's 90 on each team right now, so a whole lot of people are going to see their NFL careers end after this Thursday. Um, so how about some players that are looking to make other teams or the practice squad if not kept by Baltimore or Baltimore's practice squad? Um, look, Robert Griffin III, first one off the list. Robert Griffin III has played very well for the Ravens this this, this preseason. Um, but the, the Ravens haven't kept three quarterbacks since, like, 2011. So for Robert Griffin III to make this, they have to really not trust Lamar Jackson should the ball be in his hands at that point if Joe Flacco, let's say, tears his ACL. Um, I think a lot of what's going to de depend on what if RG3 makes this team is if... Lamar or how Lamar Jackson does against Washington. If he flunks against Washington, if he goes right back to where he was, then RG3 is looking good to make the team. If not, then he might be cut. I do think it'd be smart for the Ravens to keep three uh, quarterbacks this year, um, just because Lamar Jackson's so young and we, it's such a crucial year. They can't really trust him if Joe Flacco was to go down for a period of time to win games. But at the same time, you know it's going to be tough to do it on the roster. Another player. Auditioning for other teams right now, Gus Edwards. Um, I really like him as a running back. I think he might be better than Kenneth Dixon, but at the same time, uh, the Ravens aren't going to keep four running backs. That's no secret. I'd be very shocked if they do. Um, Gus Edwards could make the Ravens practice squad. He probably would make the Ravens practice squad if nobody picks him up. But there are other running back needy teams in there in the league who might see Gus Edwards as an option. Last year, the Ravens thought they would get Tyquan Mizell on the practice squad. They cut him. And uh, he ends up in Chicago, and he's still on the Chicago Bears. So Gus Edwards has that opportunity too. Um, should the Ravens cut him, I think someone will try to get him if the Ravens cut him. But I'm, you know, either for someone else's practice squad, um, maybe one team will try to get him on the roster. So we'll have to see how that pans out. Another one is Brashad Perryman. Look, I don't know if Brashad Perryman can make the roster this year. It'd, I'd be surprised if he does, to be honest with you. Um, but his career may not be over yet, despite what a lot of Ravens fans think. Uh, I know he has trouble getting the ball and holding it um, and catching it specifically, just catching the ball properly. But a lot of teams might look at that killer speed and say, man, we, we can just take a chance on this guy. Maybe he'll help our quarterback. Maybe the Bears look at him and say, hey, maybe he'll help um, Mitchell Trubisky. Or, or the Jets look at him and go, hey, maybe he'll help um, Sam Darnold, give him a deep threat. I can't guarantee that Rashad Perryman's career would be over if the Ravens cut him. Um, I I kind of am leaning towards someone might give him a chance somewhere. Maybe not immediately, but someone gets hurt and they bring in Rashad Perryman instead. Um, so we'll have to wait and see how that pans out. Devier Posey, uh, I haven't thought much about him this whole preseason until last game against the Dolphins where I really thought to myself that, that he actually kind of looks good. But I don't think the Ravens really have seen enough of him to make, to make that decision to keep him and of course they have the other um, players they're going to want to keep which we'll talk about in a little bit but DeVere Posey could end up on another squad by the end of the um, by the end of 
the the preseason before the start of the regular season, or maybe the practice team for the Ravens. Um, actually, I don't know if he's eligible for the practice team, but some other squads might like to see the former CFL player on their roster. And finally, uh, Corey Vedvik. Uh, Corey Vedvik is not going to make this Ravens roster. There is no way. Uh, Justin Tucker is already here. Sam Cook is already here. We don't need another kicker or punter. But other teams might desperately want a new kicker or punter. Uh, Corey Vedvik has looked tremendously uh, spectacular this preseason. He's kicked uh, very well, especially on the punts. Um, he, he's place kicked. Uh, his place kicks are kind of all over the place sometimes. You know, he's hit I think the majority of them, but some of them he's missed. They probably shouldn't have missed. So we'll see how it pans out for Corey Vedvik. But I do think that someone will pick him up when the Ravens cut him. Um, and it's not if, it's when the Ravens cut him, because they will cut him. Um, if not, I don't know if he'll make the Ravens practice squad, or anybody's practice squad, because I don't know how many kickers are on practice squads, but he'll be, like, first in line, should somebody get hurt, um, or just end up, you know, becoming old and rusty, and they can't use him anymore. He'll be first in line, he'll be on speed dial for some teams. Um, someone's gonna pick Corey Vedvik, the Norwegian, uh, place kicker and punter up. Now, some other things... Um, that I want to see this this upcoming preseason game, you know, not just players that are looking to have a good game to make other teams' rosters, but I want to see um, Lamar Jackson if he continues the path that he played uh, in Miami. I already kind of mentioned this with Robert Griffin III, but I think that Lamar Jackson needs to prove himself to be consistent. If he cannot live up to the way, or even maybe just slightly under how he played in Miami, he's got to at least look consistent. If he goes right back to where he was against Chicago Bears or the Indianapolis Colts, his worst game by far was against Indianapolis, um, it's going to be real tough for the Ravens to you know consider him as the backup quarterback. It's going to be very difficult for John Harbaugh to look and say, well, if Flacco gets hurt, we can rely on this guy. I don't think so. So he's got to maintain that he can be consistently good, that this is not an outlier here, and that he's going to play well every time he gets on the field now. That's what he's got to do against the Redskins. Um, is he going to do it? I kind of doubt it, in all honesty. I, I think he might do okay against the Redskins, but I don't think he's going to do super well. Um, we're going to see the final wide receiver battle against the Redskins. Um, you have the top four wide receivers are set in stone at this point. You have Michael Crabtree, John Brown, Willie Sneed, and, of course, Chris Moore. Um, Chris Moore is the only receiver out of those four that was with Flacco previously. It's only two on the roster that was with Flacco previously. Him and Brashad Perryman, and I don't think Brashad Perryman is going to make this roster. So you have, you know, the wide receiver battle. Of course, it does include Brashad Perryman for the final four. It's really the final four. Two can make it in. Two are going to get cut. The final four of this team are Janarian Grant, Tim White, Rashad Perryman, and Jordan Lasley. Um, it's going to be... It's going to be a fight. Now, in an article the other day, I said that it's really not really a Final Four. It's a 2v2 here. So you have, I'm sorry, not 2v2, but you have like a player versus another player for one position and a player versus another player for the other. So it's really Jordan Lasley versus Bashad Perryman and Tim White versus Janarian Grant. Now, I say that because Janarian Grant and Tim White really are going to make the roster as a returner or nothing. I mean, these two have to be... You know, one of these has to be the starting returner because no one else other than maybe Willie Sneed can pull this off. And I don't think that the Ravens want to risk Willie Sneed, who they think is going to have a um, large impact on the Ravens' offense as a whole um, in the kick return, um, you know, specialist position here, especially with the new rules and stuff. So um, I think 
that they want either Janarian Grant, who made a living at Rutgers as a kick return specialist, or Tim White, who impressed them last year as a kick return specialist, but hasn't been able to pull through. And then, of course, you have the leftover two who can make the roster, Jordan Lasley and Rashad Perryman. Um, Jordan Lasley probably has the upper hand here. The Ravens like his potential. Um, I think he's more of a lock than people think at this point to make the roster. Rashad Perryman maybe could somehow slide in there as a seventh wide receiver if the Ravens really did not want to get rid of him, but I kind of doubt it at this point. So, Ravens always having wide receiver troubles. The top four are solid. They're good. They're going to make plays, but it's the bottom two. They want guys that can they can develop into solid wide receivers down the road. That's where the, you know, the question starts to get hairy. Um, we're also going to see the determining factor in who the starting linebacker is. Uh, is it going to be Kenny Young or is it going to be Patrick Anwasar? Um, I said it in the very beginning that Anwasar has the experience, Young has the talent. You know, it, it could go either way. None of these guys, neither of these guys are getting cut. Um, I'm kind of leaning towards maybe Young will be the starter, but Anwasar is going to get a lot of time too. Maybe in special packages, maybe he's more of a run stuffer than anything, or maybe maybe they're going to send him on uh, weird blitzes and stuff. I think a lot. Both of these guys are going to get significant time in the regular season. Just one more than the other, and I think I'm starting to lean towards Kenny Young for that, just based off what I saw against Miami. So we'll have to see um, if if that holds up against the Washington Redskins. If if Unwasser has a better game against the Redskins or a breakout game, uh, it'll be as up in the air as ever at that point. So this is really the final battle for these two um, to determine who the starter is going to be in the linebacker group, um, and then of course the tight end drama. What's going to happen at tight end now that Hayden Hurst is going to be out for a little bit? Um, Hayden Hurst, I think it was a stress fracture in his foot. Uh, he's going to be out for three to four weeks. The Ravens probably are going to start Nick Boyle uh, and keep two other tight ends. Mark Andrews, I would assume, would be also kept as a fourth rounder. He's got a lot of uh, receiving game potential. And Nick Boyle's, you know, as a good receiver, yes, um, but he's an excellent blocker. So the Ravens definitely are going to keep Nick Boyle. Um, are they going to keep two tight ends, two more tight ends, I should say? Or are they going to just keep one more, and then when Hayden Hurst comes back, keep four? Um, they spent a, a second-round pick on Max Williams back in 2015. Uh, he's entering, I believe this is the last year of his, of his contract, his rookie deal. Um, they could end up getting rid of him now because he hasn't panned out, or they, or they could keep him. They could also go with Vince Maley, who I think is actually... Uh, undervalued for the Ravens. I think Vince Maley is a pretty good receiver. He could probably play wide receiver if they wanted to move him to that position. Then, of course, you have Nick Kaiser and Darren Waller, both long shots at this point. I don't think Darren Waller is going to make the roster after his multiple suspensions. He's never on the field ever for the Ravens. And, of course, uh, Nick Kaiser, uh, he just hasn't done enough this preseason. He's a very, 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 very far long shot to make this roster. So those are some things to watch this preseason game. Um, I don't like making score predictions for the preseason because it's always very difficult. Um, sometimes, I, or a lot of the times, I go in-depth on who's going to score and stuff. I'm just going to give a, you know, because a lot of times they don't announce these starters until right before the game and who's going to play, who's not. I can't make those predictions anymore. I keep trying to, and I keep getting wrong on who's actually in the game. Sometimes I'll say Joe Flacco throws a pass for a touchdown, and then, then 10 minutes before the game starts, they go, oh, hey, Joe Flacco's not playing. So I'm just going to say the Ravens are going to win this 20-13. to 13. Somehow they'll figure it out. I think they're going to keep their, their win streak on. They'll win 13 straight preseason games since 2016. Um, kind of meaningless, but at the same time, a cool little statistic to, uh, to impress your friends with and see, say how great the Ravens are in the preseason. Okay, the final segment today, 
upcoming roster decisions. I kind of talked about this a little bit in the previous two sections, but I want to touch on it. Three quarterbacks. What's it going to take to keep three quarterbacks? Uh, Lamar Jackson cannot be ready. If he's not ready, if it's visible he's not ready in this last preseason game, they're going to keep RG3. They do not want to risk throwing Lamar Jackson into the Wolves only to have the Ravens flunk the rest of the season if Joe Flacco was to get injured. Um, RG3 has even taken some hits. Um, for him, that's, that's tremendous, and he's got up and kept going, especially with the injuries he's had, uh, or specifically with the injuries he's had, I should say. But... You need a stable guy who's going to, you know, have that experience to lead the team should be Fla- should Flacco be out for a few weeks. I think RG3 being the former starter and the, f- the former um, offensive, you know, rookie offensive player of the year, you know, he's got to be the guy if Lamar Jackson's not ready. Um, really depends on how Lamar Jackson plays against Washington um, this, this Thursday. Running backs. I don't think they're going to keep four running backs. That does not include the fullback. Um, the fullback is a pretty set position with Patrick Ricard um, in that slot. But I think the Ravens are probably going to go with um, Alex Collins, Javorius Allen, and Kenneth Dixon. I'm not sure if Gus Edwards is going to make the roster. I think he's better than Ken- I think he provides a better package than Kenneth Dixon. He might not be uh, as athletically gifted, but he's, he's bigger. He's more durable than Kenneth Dixon. That's the big, big issue there. Kenneth Dixon uh, consistently hurt for the Ravens, and if he gets hurt again, it's going to be, re- be very disappointing for John Harbaugh, and especially a crucial year. Um, again, we're going to have to wait until Thursday night to really solidify this position, but if Kenneth Dixon does well Thursday night, I think it's all but wrapped up for Gus Edwards, who may make another NFL team, or will be stashed away on the practice squad. Um, again, the bottom two wide receivers, who's going to get cut? Um, I think Devia Prozzi will get cut. I think that um, some of the other, you know, filler receivers on this roster are going to get cut. Um, that would include uh, Andre Lavrone, uh, Quincy Adabo- actually Quincy Adabojeo will probably start on the pup list. Uh, I don't, I don't know if they cut him in that scenario. They could, but probably not. Um, it's going to be come down to Janarian Grant, Rashad Perryman, Tim White. Jordan Lasley is more of a lock than people think. I think he's going to make their roster no matter what at this point. I'm leaning towards Janarian Grant as the sixth receiver, too. I don't think Tim White will make it, but he'll make the practice squad if someone else doesn't pick him up because it's very um, possible that happens. Do the Ravens keep four tight ends? Again, um, very possible they do. In in my estimation, my estimation, I think they're going to go with Boyle. They're going to go with Mark Andrews, and they're actually going to go with Vince Maley, believe it or not. I don't think they're going to keep Max Williams, and that'll keep Hayden Hurst on uh, as well, so they don't have to do that. So they will keep four tight ends, just Hayden Hurst will be injured to start the season. Um, and then if Vince Maley doesn't pan out, they can just cut him for a very low expense as well. And then you have your top three tight ends. Linebacker, they got rid of Kamalai Correa. Um, that opens up some spots, uh, presumably for someone else. Uh, I'm leaning more towards that would be for Stanley Jean-Baptiste, uh, just because it's a defensive um, trade. And, of course, they got that six-round pick, which will uh, benefit them in the long run, too. But it could open up um, some other positions as well. Um, regar- uh, but I do think it's for St- Stanley Jean-Baptiste. Um, but maybe it's on the offensive line, because they do want some offensive line depth. The backup offensive line has shown it's not really ready um, to play. you got Bradley Bozeman, who's been pretty okay. Greg Sinat was okay, but he's now injured. Um, he might be out for a while. Orlando Browns looked pretty good, but Jermaine Lumor has not looked very good at all. So we'll have to see how that pans out for the Ravens uh, in that in that sense. 
Um, but I do think that would that cut would be for Stanley John Baptiste, or maybe it's for a linebacker. Um, I'm not saying, or maybe it is. I think Stanley John Baptiste is the pick, but maybe the Ravens. Let's say the Ravens do decide to keep a linebacker. Would it be Alvin Jones? Probably not. He hasn't played very much. Bam Bradley's hurt. He'll start the pup list. Albert McClellan maybe, but I haven't been impressed with him at all. Um, Chris Board, undrafted free agent. I doubt it. Kenny Young uh, is going to make the roster. Unwasser is going to make the roster. Mosey's going to make the roster. Um, McClellan, McClellan might. I don't know if they're going to keep, uh, you know, all these four linebackers here, especially with how tight the roster is going to be. Um, if they do keep the four linebackers, McClellan probably would be the pick, um, unless Ben Bradley gets healthy again. But that's a little bit of ways away. Okay, and finally, cornerback, um, the Jimmy Smith suspension. I mentioned earlier, kind of throws a wrench into this whole situation. You have Brandon Carr, Marlon Humphrey, the projected starters, with Jimmy Smith out. Um, obviously, Marlon Humphrey did tremendously well his first year. Uh, Brandon Carr has never missed a game in his NFL career. You also have Stanley Jean Baptiste, who I just mentioned. I think he'll make their roster here. Um, they might cut him when Jimmy Smith gets back, but he'll make the roster to start the season um, and be in those four games, most likely, unless he gets hurt. Okay, everyone, that's about as much as I have to talk. Um, coming up the final week of the preseason here. Um, we'll see how the Ravens do against Washington and hope they uh, can keep the win streak alive and we'll, we'll get some insights into what we talked about today, especially with these uh, final roster battles coming down to the wire here. Okay, you can follow Nest Talk at Nest Talk on Twitter. You can follow me at Chris Linfon on Twitter or Baltimore Feather at Baltimore Feather on Twitter. Like us on Facebook, just search up the names Nest Talk or Baltimore Feather. Uh, I'm Chris Linfont, signing out.